Welcome to Record Roulette. My name is Eamon O'Flynn, and this is a Record Roulette 101. Our next full-length episode features Juno-nominated singer, songwriter, recording artist, and author M. Greiner. She has released 20 albums as a solo performer, collaborated with David Bowie, Def Leppard, and astronaut Chris Hadfield? Yes, that's right. She has collaborated with the Starman and a certifiable spaceman. She has written a book called The Healing Power of Singing and has starred in musical theater productions. She has played at Glastonbury and on Saturday Night Live. U2 frontman Bono once identified one of her songs, Almighty Love, as one of the songs he most wished he had written himself. The lady is a legit legend, and when she has something to say about music, it's probably a good idea to listen to her. And what she told us to do is listen to the album Love Deluxe by Sade. Have you heard of this one before? I hadn't. Heck, I'm still not sure I'm saying the name right. Sade? In the next 5-10 to ten minutes, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about the band, yes, Sade is a band and a person, and the album before you listen to our full chat with M next week. As always, I have two caveats. First, you should still listen to the album, obviously. Second, this isn't exhaustive. This is just what you need to know. Before I begin, I want to note that this is a perfect record roulette album. If the goal is to explore music, I want to expand my own musical horizons, it's great to find something that's both a big deal and completely unknown to me. If you're coming into this episode thinking, I've never heard of them before, well, join the club and come on this journey with us. Let's start with the band, since it wasn't immediately apparent that Sade was a band. Formed in 1982, it was named after their lead singer, Sade Adu, and started as a sort of side project for members of a Latin soul band called Pride. Their music features elements of soul, smooth jazz, and pop, all combined with Sade's crisp vocals, which are truly extraordinary. As we get further and further into this 101, the basic facts will make it more embarrassing that I'd never heard of this band before. And here's the first one. Every album Sade has released, including compilations, have charted in the U.S. Top 10. Every. Single. One. How had I never heard of them? They were part of a new wave of British R&B-oriented artists in the 1980s and 1990s, and undoubtedly among the most successful. Their first album, Diamond Life, hit top 10 in the U.S. charts, went quadruple platinum in the U.S., and won a Brit Award for the Best British Album in 1985. It also produced the hit that they're probably best known for, Smooth Operator. Soon afterward, they performed at Live Aid, where Sade Adu was the only Africa-born artist to appear. Their second album, Promise, hit number one in both the U.S. and the U.K. and won a Grammy for Best New Artist. Their third album, Stronger Than Pride, went triple platinum. All told, they've won four Grammys and sold 75 million records worldwide. In 2010, VH1 ranked them number 50 on their list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. Boy, have I led a sheltered life if I haven't heard of these people. Just a quick note, they also appear to have an album coming out soon. Multiple publications have reported that Sade is working on album number 7, but without any specifics, so who knows. So what about today's album? Well, we're talking about Love Deluxe, which was released in 1992 and hits the Rolling Stone 5 and Greatest Albums list at number 247. That puts it right in the midst of Metallica's Black album, Whitney Houston's self-titled album, Green Day's American Idiot, and Joni Mitchell's Hissing of Summer Lawns. 
One thing I found immediately curious about Love Deluxe is that it's harder to find information, reviews, etc. about it than either of Sade's first two albums. It also isn't the subject of countless retrospectives, despite passing its 30th anniversary just last year. The one retrospective I could find was from Pitchfork, and it felt the need to explain the group's whole history before launching into a discussion, a, a short discussion, of the album itself. It's almost like other people didn't know who Sade was. What I do know is that Love Deluxe took about four months to record, the recording process was smoother than their previous experiences, and resulted in a considerably more consistent end product. That might be because their drums were more consistent than ever. For the first time, they recorded an album almost entirely without a live drummer. But other than that, I could find very little about the recording process. The name of the album comes from Sade Adu's concept of love, that it is a luxury commodity that you can't buy. You can buy love, but you can't buy love deluxe. Considering the success of the album, it's a little startling how little it seems to be floating around in the collective cultural ether. And it was a success. I mean, it hit number two on the Billboard 200, number 10 in the UK charts. In the US alone, it sold 3.4 million copies by about 2015. And it was a global success, hitting the top 10 in Belgium, Italy, Japan, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Portugal, Sweden, and elsewhere. It produced four singles with No Ordinary Love, an eventual Grammy-winning track, hitting number 28 on the US Billboard chart, number 14 in the UK, and number 15 in Canada. All of the singles charted. Critical reception is hard to come by, to be honest. Most reviews I could find were tiny snippets. Robert Christgau, who was also pretty critical of Sade's previous album, didn't really like this one either. He didn't think the lyrics were particularly clever or that the songs were particularly memorable. He suggested that the lack of lyrics was akin to, and I quote, a million dollar scam. Entertainment Weekly recognized the brilliance of No Ordinary Love, but said the rest of the album was, and again I quote, low on the oomph meter. The LA Times gave this album just 2.5 stars and called it a, quote, bad imitation of Enya's ultra-soothing mood music. And yet, despite all of this, Love Deluxe is on the Rolling Stone list and also made Pitchfork's list of the greatest albums of the 1990s at number 52. Retrospective reviews like that one from Pitchfork are few and far between, but generally quite positive. This album feels like a study in contrasts. I should add that no Ordinary Love has received heaps of retrospective praise, getting prime places on lists of the best 1990s R&B songs from Complex and Spin, and checking in at number 459 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 best songs of all time. So, what was Rolling Stone's rationale for including Love Deluxe on their list of greatest albums? Here's what they said in their write-up. After releasing three multi-platinum records in a four-year flurry in the 1980s, Sade took another four years before putting out Love Deluxe in 1992. The group partially turned away from the soft, impeccable grooves that had made their previous LPs so successful, lacing the album opener No Ordinary Love with menacing guitars. But they remained masters of transcendent serenity. I Couldn't Love You More verges on Deep House as it overflows with contentment, while Cherish the Day winds with a simple entreaty. Show me how deep love can be. That's it. Considerably shorter than what they wrote for Pearl Jam or a John Mayer album that barely made the list. Reminder, this album is at number 247, and Rolling Stone doesn't even seem to know why it put it there? Very curious. 
the process of putting together this 101 has raised a whole bunch of questions for me. Why don't I know who Sade is, and why are the retrospectives so few and far between? Are the very limited lyrics a, quote, million-dollar scam, as Robert Crisco said, or an example of incredible efficiency? Is No Ordinary Love as great as everyone says it is? What of the rest of the album? Does it keep up? Does it make a meaningful contribution, or is this a one-trick pony? And what about the overall sound? What do I think of the music that leans into atmosphere and, and vocals that are often described as detached? We'll try to tackle these subjects next week. Take a listen to the album and tune in for our discussion with M. Griner. That's all for today. Check out Record Roulette on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RR Music Pod. Rate and review this podcast wherever you can. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite show. Or listen for free at recordroulettepodcast.com. Music in this episode is from Lemon Music Studio. Thank you for listening to Record Roulette. Until the next spin, goodbye.